Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. If you're new here, I'm one of the lead pastors. My husband and I lead this together. We've been leading for a little over 10 years here um, at Project Church. And we're in the middle of a series called Let Me Love You. Okay, no. Let Me Love You. It's a relationship series. And it's so awesome that so many people come out to the relationship series. Right? It's exciting because everybody is in a relationship, right? It's so important that we grow in healthy relationship and understand what healthy relationship is. And if you didn't listen to last week's message, Pastor Caleb started, my husband, he started it last week and he spoke on purity and it's a great foundational message heading into the um, relationship series. So if you haven't had a chance, make sure you go back, Spotify, Apple, all the, all the things, it, you'll find it. Um, But I'm going to continue because today I want to talk about healthy relationships, building healthy. Somebody say healthy. And I got a few illustrations here just to help me illustrate um, a point. But how many people consider themselves a healthy eater? (laughs) Because of this, you were all super hesitant, weren't you, to raise your hands? (laughs) Well, you know where I'm going. Well, how many people like Coke? How many people get the Coke Zero or whatever this is, and it has no sugar, no calories? Woo! Yeah, right? Mm. Let me tell you right now, it is not healthy. There's aspartame in this. There's a lot of other chemicals that are just trying to be substitutes for sugar, and it is all bad for your system. Welcome to church. You're an unhealthy urine drinker. But yeah, there's just a lot of healthy things, that, things that people sell as healthy, and they're actually not. How many people eat quick oats in the morning? Yeah, you think, oh, I'm being super healthy. But then the apples and cinnamon, are those really apples? You know, that's the question. And the other question is, like, how is it so sweet? There's extra sweeteners here. They actually say that dried fruit isn't as healthy as you think. Just eat the real thing, guys, okay? And lots of sugar in this and lots of artificial coloring. We also have trail mix. Who who gets trail mix? And when they go to the, you're on a road trip and you're like, oh, I'm not gonna get the chips and the stuff. I'm gonna get the trail mix, right? That's the healthy option. But then it's like, great, peanuts, almonds, cashews, raisins, probably sweetened artificially, and candy. Guys, there's candy in this, okay? M&Ms, artificial coloring there, and chocolate, a lot of sugar, and oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't mean to come for you moms and dads who feed your kids one too many of these. I know this because Caleb and I did. We went through these bags like it was our job. Veggie sticks. No, 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 guys. This is not the healthiest option. This isn't really made from real vegetables. Did you know that? Artificial flavoring. You know, but this is what we did when our kids weren't eating the spinach, when they weren't eating the tomatoes, when they weren't eating the zucchini. We gave them veggie straws. But it is fake healthy. Somebody say fake healthy. And the last one, man, this one's a tricky one. Because when you read the packaging, it says dairy-free gluten-free, 
y'all be choosing gluten-free, you don't even know what gluten is, okay? And you think you're being healthier, but you don't even need to be eating gluten-free, nut-free. And surely it's healthy if there's flax in it, right? <laughs> flax, that's healthy sounding. And it's really grainy, so, oh, healthy protein, omega-3s, high in fiber. No, guys, no, this is not healthy. This is packaged and it can sit on your counter for a long time and still taste fresh, which means there's a lot of preservatives in it. So there's a lot of fake healthy stuff out here, right? Out here in the streets, in the grocery streets. But there's a phenomenon happening also in church. And it reminds me a lot of some of our eating and drinking choices. You know what I didn't want to do to you? But the Gatorades, guys, the Gatorades. My kids eat that or drink that like it's their job. But there's a phenomenon happening in church. And I'm afraid that not only is there fake healthy food, but there is fake healthy churches. I was thinking about this because I... I we are going to always tell you, community at Project Church is our heart. And it's important for you to have community. It's important for you to be in Bible groups. It's important for you to grow in your faith. And it's important for you to find a church that is healthy for you. But what I see happening is that people are pursuing community. They're pursuing unity. They're pursuing loving well. And they're pursuing these things. And while on the surface, these are healthy pursuits, I think we need to go a little bit deeper because it's more than just finding community and finding a seemingly healthy church. You know, I really believe that our church is healthy. We're not perfect, but I do believe that there's a level of health here. So I'm not um, telling y'all that you're fake, okay, coming here. But I just want to warn you that in our pursuit for healthy things, there are some fake healthy things that are happening in church. And we've got to be warned of them. We're on the surface when we're, we have these healthy pursuits, but I've seen these healthy pursuits quickly turn into things like codependent relationships. I've started seeing relationships in the last 10 years of leading this church where we start seeing people who have false expectations of one another in the church, unrealistic expectations. And before you know it, these codependent, unrealistic expectation-focused relationships, they quickly turn into misaligning with the gospel, misalignment. And then we see that we have to course correct because we're always a church in progress, but you can be in progress in the wrong direction. So I want you to be leery of this because when we get into these wrong relationships and when we start pursuing healthy things and it starts going bad a little bit, the result of these relationships being codependent and becoming unhealthy in expectations and then misaligned, it inevitably leads, leads to strife, wounding, church hurt. Come on, we hear that all the time. Church hurt and disunity. And that grieves the heart of God. And so I want to ask you today, are you a fake healthy church member? The reason why I'm saying this is because I've heard a lot of things like, oh, I can tell you anything. Do you, who, who has friends here that you're like, I can tell you anything? You trust them, you love them. And then you're like, no one understands me like you. I don't know what to do without you. I don't know what I would do without my church. Well, I don't know what to do without you. I can live 
If living is without you, I can't live. And you know, and then you start getting crazy. Don't say that to people. And then you start saying, I'm so glad we struggle with the same sins. I hear this in church. Not just, not our church, of course. <laughs> I'm so glad we struggle with the same sins. It makes me know that I'm not alone. And then I'm like, okay, those are, those are okay sentiments. It's good that you appreciate vulnerability. It's good that you're looking for somebody who understands you. It, it's good. These are good pursuits. But the moment we put those expectations on people and dethrone God from the throne of our hearts is the moment that relationship and community becomes an idol. Listen, relationships build the kingdom of God. We say it all the time. Community builds the kingdom of God. That's why we're saying next week when we launch them at the porch parties, join community, join a course, jump into a team, serve with people, but don't get codependent. The issue is not boundaries. The issue actually is idol, idol worship. An idol is anything that you can't put on the altar to give up. I just want, to think, I want you to think about the things in your life and the relationships that you have in your life. If you can't put it on the altar before the Lord and say, it is yours and I will walk away from it, I'll give it to you, then it has become dangerously close or is already an idol. An idol is anything you depend on more than you depend on God himself. And this happens in friendships. This happens in familial relationships. This happens in dating, marriage, between a parent and a child, child and parent. Codependency and unhealthy, unrealistic expectations and people becoming idols in our life is so normal. It's so normal that we think it's healthy, but it's not. It's fake. And when I think about things that are fake, when I think about things that are unhealthy, it's really us not being authentic. It's, not, it's be us not being an authentic community. Here's what I read um, in a book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. It's all about community and building a healthy community and showing hospitality to your church family, but the author reminds us and warns us of this unhealth and codependency. Here's what she says. Idols serve something. They plug a hole. They are born because people are tragically and dangerously lonely. This crisis is not about boundaries. Listen, I know that some people have come into these relationship series hoping to get more relationship advice. And can I tell you, before we fix our relationships, we have to address our idols. We have to address our, address our idols because idols are being put on the throne of our hearts because we are lonely. Sometimes the idea of relationship, sometimes the idea of marriage, sometimes the idea of this perfect ideal church has become an idol for us because we are lonely. This crisis is not about boundaries. She continues to say, boundaries perpetuate our hearts, petting of idols and enable a culture of infancy to flourish in our churches, a culture of immaturity. 
When we're relying on people and depending on people more than we are depending on God, then we are operating in an infant culture. We have to grow up. Are you feeling blessed this morning? Good. She tells us we must deal with the crisis of loneliness by filling the hole with more than just each other. When we planned this series, we're like, what are the topics that we need to hit? What could be really helpful and what can be really useful to people in this time? And we definitely put down boundaries, building healthy boundaries and breaking soul ties. And I was ready for it this week, guys. I was like, yes, let's go after it. And then he said, this is not about boundaries. This is about addressing the issue of loneliness and understanding that the goal is not healthy relationships. The goal is building the kingdom of God. If relationships build the kingdom of God, we can't be so hyper-focused just on our relationships. We have to understand the greater mission at hand. God has you on, 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 on mission. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you to play here. And the purpose that is that you would unite. Who wants unity in their relationships? If you have unity in your marriages, if you have unity between you and your kids, if you have unity in your friendship, then you are bringing unity to the kingdom of God. But we have to understand the greater issue here. So I'm gonna be jumping into Ephesians. Ephesians, I love Ephesians. Um, This is where a lot of people go to so that they can understand how marriage works. They go immediately to Ephesians 5 because it it has the whole um, husbands love your wives, wives submit to your husbands. You know, everybody likes to really dissect that. But all of Ephesians really is telling us what God's plan is for humanity. God's plan for humanity after Jesus died and rose again and resurrected and left his Holy Spirit with us, God's plan through Christ is to have a huge family of restored human beings that unite under his name. That is what Ephesians is all about. And that sums up Ephesians 1.10. And then you continue on to Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. And he helps us understand, this is what I want you to do in healthy relationship, healthy kingdom building. You ready for it? So turn to your Bibles, Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. And this is Paul talking to us and helping us build healthy relationships. Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. You each have been called. You believe that? Called and appointed for such a time as this. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Eager to maintain the, somebody say unity, Unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. God's heart for his church, God's heart for the relationships that you are in is that there would be unity in him. I'm gonna skip ahead. To verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Can I tell you, those five people groups, that's not just the people who are on stage. There are apostles, evangelists, there are prophets, there are teachers, there are, they're, they're all among you. I really encourage you, go to next steps. Understand what the spiritual gifts and offices that you are to hold um, in the church, um, not to be on platform, but God wants you to fulfill the calling he has on your life. This isn't just for people on stage. This is for all of us. All of us make up 
He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, and shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all maintain to the unity, somebody say unity, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature, somebody say mature, manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children. What is Paul trying to say? He's saying be united and grow up. Let's grow up. Let's mature and become more like Christ. The more we grow, the more we walk out this life with Jesus, the more we are formed into the likeness of Christ. And when we are being formed into the likeness of Christ, we are growing, we are thriving, we are becoming more like him. We are fulfilling the mission that he has called us to so that you can no longer be tossed to and fro by the ways and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up, somebody say grow up, in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, which each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love, in love. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, and here's really the point that I want to make. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We don't want to be fake healthy, church. But when you see the word imitators, you're like, well, that's heck of fake. You're just imitating something. But this is what it says. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. When you are imitating God, you're imitating who you're supposed to imitate because you are a son and daughter of his. Your identity is in him. So when you are imitating God, you're being exactly who you are supposed to be. But too many of us have put something else on the throne of our heart and we start imitating the culture. We start imitating that person. We start imitating that family. We start imitating the world and we're imitating and we're being fake. Because can I tell you, there's a lot of people who think that they're relational experts and they'll tell you what to do based on worldly wisdom. And when we start imitating that, we are not living up to the identity that God has called us to. Be imitators of God as beloved children. We want to walk in his ways. If we want true, healthy church, if we want true, healthy relationships, we're gonna imitate God. Are you following? So walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering, just like the song we sang. If I could have anything, let it be our eyes on me. Let, let me just be an offering and sacrifice to God. If you are imitating anything other than God, then you're operating outside of the identity that God has placed on you to be a daughter and son of his. So today we're gonna fight the fake and find the health. Fight the fake. We don't wanna be fake. Who wants to be fake? Who likes fake people? Who likes fake friends? Nobody. And nobody is going to want to know the person that we serve if we're operating in fakeness. And that's superficial level relationships. God wants us to go deeper today. He wants us to be real. He wants us to be authentic. He wants us to find health. So I'm gonna do something that I don't think that I have ever done, preaching a message. But I'm gonna give you an acronym, okay? So. If you're taking notes on your phone or writing it down, write down the word health. This is how we are going to fight fakeness by pursuing health. So num number one, number H. <laughs> H, we need to have a heart check. 
write down heart check, H for heart check. When I talk about heart check, I'm talking about what's your history? What is your history? What in your life has formed your heart to be and love and to know the things that you know? What's your history? I think we have to understand our history in order to understand our hearts. There's a lot of things that have happened in your life, right? There have been some traumas. There have been some triumphs. There have been some really hard times. There have been some valleys. But if we don't understand why God brought us through those things, or if we don't understand what God wants us to get out of those things, then we're going to continue walking in inauthentic lives. We have to understand what God has done in our lives, and it has formed our hearts. But here's the real thing that I want you to get to, is that we need to check our hearts because our hearts show us where our wounds are. And there's some people who walk in inauthentic relationships and are being fake in their lives because they have not yet been healed. They have not yet been healed. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. You've heard this. We tell you all the time. Guard your heart for there is, there in it is the wellspring of life. When we aren't experiencing life and freedom, we're experiencing fear and anxiety. And I remember there was a time that I was finally experiencing anxiety, probably for the first time. And I'm just gonna be real here, and I know that I use this as a joke, but I could not Asian it anymore. What I mean by that is that I was raised a certain way of like, I can do this, I do hard things, we do things well. <laughs> I, okay, only Filipinos and Asians understand. It's a thing, I promise. And then when I understood that my identity was in who I was raised to be, what my parents told me I should be, what my culture told me that I should be, then I was experiencing and suffering anxiety. And when I was suffering with anxiety, I remember calling a coach of mine. She was kind of like a therapist. I feel like a fairy godmother at some point too that loved Jesus, okay? <laughs> and operating in authority of Jesus. And I called her and I was like, man, I'm feeling like the enemy is attacking me. You know, has anybody had like those anxious times, anxiety-ridden times? Oh man, I had never experienced it to this degree. And I was like, oh, it must be a spiritual attack because God has some great things in my future in Jesus' name. Anybody else hear that arrogance? Because that's what it was. And I was like, oh, Kate, if you could just pray for me. I'm just feeling fear, lots of anxiety. The enemy is really after me. And this is a real thing. This happens. And I was just ready for, to receive, man, powerful woman of God. I was just ready to like um, have her pray over me. And the words were just kind of wash all the anxiety away. And as I'm, I'm, I'm like getting ready for a prayer, she's like, okay, Chrissy, who do you need to forgive? Excuse me? <laughs> Can you please pray a prayerful power over this powerful woman of God, myself, you know? She's like, no, no, no. Who do you need to forgive? And immediately four people came into my mind that I had not even thought about in years. And there were four people that I needed to forgive so that the anxiety would fall away. Some of us need to forgive in this place. What heart check do you need to take right now? Assess your history. Know your history. Know where you need to be healed. Know where you need to apply forgiveness. This could be a whole message but I'm going to move on. H, heart check. E-A, I'm going to spell, the, I'm going to use the next two letters. E-A, emotional awareness. Emotional awareness. Can I just tell you, if you don't get in touch with your emotions, it's just not going to go well for you. Caleb and I have had a breakthrough last couple years, and really a lot of it was emotional awareness. Because, you know, 
I know that I've talked about this, but I want to give you something new. But at, at one point, I realized that I'm over here on this spectrum where I am... Um, I quickly and almost immediately after something happens in my life um, will express my emotion and when I express my emotion I will in detail and great length explain to you my emotion verbally and with a lot of passion okay that's just how I was raised that's just who I am I felt like there was a lot of emotional awareness right so that was me over here and then over here was my husband and my husband, I won't blame it on any kind of color or anything, but I, my husband, he, he was one to, and he'll tell you this himself, he was one to suppress. And it's so funny because his suppression, he thought, was his ability to take his thoughts captive. But then the revelation came to us both that God never called us to take our thoughts our emotions captive. He said to take your thoughts captive. There's a difference between your thoughts and your emotions. Your emotions happen to you. They just happen to you. Okay? You have to take your thoughts captive though. So you're not going to be able to take your thoughts captive if you don't understand the emotions that are giving you the thoughts. Do you hear me? I need you to understand that neither one is good. Because here's the thing. What I, I Let me read you this first. It's from a book... Um, called The Cry of the Soul by Dan Allender. He's a theologian and a therapist. But he says, ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality. And reality is where we meet God. Where we meet God. Caleb was not meeting God and his emotions because he was suppressing them. And he was controlling them. And he thought the, con the control of them and the managing of them was good. But then, no, he was just really suppressing, not in reality. Me over here, you might think, oh, well, you were expressing your emotion. That's great. No, no, no. When you are expressing your emotion out of your flesh, then you start creating things that are not real. You start creating greater fear. You start creating a whole alternate universe sometimes, okay? Ask Caleb. I got crazy at times. Get crazy. You're creating sometimes even greater fears, and you're maybe blowing some things out of proportion. Neither are good, but God wants to disciple you in your emotions. When we discipline ourselves in understanding what God has made us with, he formed us into this likeness. He formed us with the emotions that we have. They happen to us because God created us to experience them. And what I love about this book, um, it's all rooted in the Psalms and all ex exploring David and his life and all the Psalms and the emotions that David went through right? We know the psalmist went through a lot of emotions. It's a great place to be no matter if you're high or low. Get into the psalms. But what this, the, the, the book says is that, that the cry of the soul, the cry of your emotions, it, the, the tagline is how our deepest emotions are asking our deepest questions about God. The emotions that you are experiencing that you have not shared with your spouse or that you have not, um, have, you have not managed well and have behaved inappropriately with. Okay, listen to me. Those emotions are meant to tell you more about God. God has been angry. God wants to mock sin. God wants to, there's all these things about God. God is a jealous, he's jealous for us. But he's pure in all those ways. We are not. Do you hear me? So we have to submit our emotions to God and he wants to disciple you 
and help you understand him more. Do you follow me? So get in touch with your emotions. When we lack emotional awareness, we lack authenticity because we're living in another reality. Something our staff does, I, I, I think the staff would know, would tell you, every week we talk, we talk and we take tests on emotional intelligence. We share emotions often. My husband in the last six months, he's cried more than he has cried in years. And I thank God, seriously. It brings me to tears. And I think that God wants to lift something off of some people here who you suppress them so much because the hurts have been too painful. And God wants to free you from that. I'm not talking about the difference between me and Caleb to make you laugh. I'm telling you right now, I am testifying of the freedom that we have found when we have submitted our emotions to one another and to God. He has discipled us and he's grown us. And we didn't just get a revelation of him. We found freedom in him. And there's some greater connections that are gonna happen in your marriages, greater connections that are gonna happen with you and your child, greater connections that are gonna happen in your friendships because you have been discipled by God through your emotions. Oh, I love it. If you want that book recommendation, DM me. Okay. <laughs> L is for love. Man, I gotta go through this fast. Love, 1 Corinthians 13, one through 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. When you are fake, whew, let me tell you this. When you are fake, the people who are real can sniff you out really easily. And we wanna get to the place, church, where we're not sniffing people out, but we are so focused on being authentic in our relationships that we know and can sniff it out. Do you hear me? It's not so that we can like be a little detective to see if, oh yeah, they're fake. No, focus on who you need to be so that you stay away from the relationships that are toxic and fake. Do you hear me? And when you can spot it out, ooh, then you're like, ah, oh, that's just noisy and gross, okay? You want to have that kind of discernment. God wants to elevate the level of discernment in our church. Because some of us have just been operating in fake, healthy church relationships, okay? So let's keep going. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move, remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Here's verse three, I, the great revelation here. I give away, if I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Okay, what? If I give away all I have, that's what you want to do as Christians. We put everything out there, right? We, we, we give everything away. We, we, you, you're like, I'm not codependent. I'm the one who gives everything away. Well, sometimes you're giving things away because you've been an idol in somebody else's life. And you have been the person that other people are depending on, that they should actually be depending on the Lord. Do you follow me? You're like, oh, some of you have been sitting here like, oh, I'm never codependent. I rely on myself. In fact, I help other people. But are you the person, are you allowing yourself to be an idol in somebody else's life? Ask yourself the question. There's a lot of hmms and haws. I like it. But this is the first time that I'd ever, ever read this scripture realizing that giving everything away and delivering up my body to be burned sounds a lot like codependency. <laughs> because that's where that phrase, don't set yourself on fire in order to keep others warm, that's exactly what this is talking about unhealthy. Let's keep going. 
Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It doesn't listen to its own way. Ooh, that's a good one. It does not listen to its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Oh, and here's another call to maturity. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man or woman, I gave up my childish ways because I learned to love well. Do you hear me? Because this is love. This is love. So now faith, hope, and love abide, abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Listen, this is a call to us to be more like Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to bear all things always. You're not going to believe always. You're not going to hope always. You're not going to endure always. You will fall short of this. You will fall short of this list. But we've got to be dependent on other, something other than how we love people or how other people love us. It's how we connect with God, the one who loves us perfectly. You follow me? So love, L, T, truth. Truth. Can we talk about truth? If we're going to if we are going to be those who fight the fake and find the health, we are going to be people who speak the truth and love. A mark of health and growth and maturity is when you are a person whose tongue speaks with love, with love, with love, with love. Can I tell you this before I move on? I got to go fast here. But there's a difference between telling the truth in order to be right, and then there's, there's a difference between that and then also telling the truth in order to understand. Not to be understood, but to understand. And so many people are saying, oh, I'm telling the truth. I'm just being honest. That's what God wants of me. It's truth. This is real love. Because I'm telling you this major criticism in love. Really, though? You have to, we have to start asking ourselves the question. I have to ask myself this question oftentimes. Is that motivated by love? Is that motivated so that I can prove that I'm right, so I can prove that I'm better, so I can prove that I had more forethought, can I, so I can prove all these things? Or is it to understand, to understand the other person and to promote reconciliation? That's what truth and love is. An H of health is help. Help, if we wanna stop being fake, and we want to pursue health, we're going to ask for help. Asking for help is a display of unity. I read it all throughout Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. We have to give of ourselves as an offering, present ourselves as, as humble. And there's this book that I've been reading, and I've been on it for a year, and this quote has remained it's all about seeking the presence of God. But Jim Simbola, he says this, he's a pastor. He was a pastor on the East Coast. I discovered an astonishing truth. God is attracted to weakness. He can't resist those who humbly and honestly admit how desperately they need him. If you haven't asked for help lately, if you haven't asked for help lately, if you haven't been on your knees in prayer lately, I am afraid you're not operating in health. Oh, can we be a church that is on their knees asking for the God of the universe to help us and laying down our preferences and laying down what we know. 
oh my goodness, we will just slowly but surely, very incrementally get better if we apply the things that we've learned. But if we get on our knees, I believe that God wants to grow us and mature us leaps and bounds. And he wants to show us what it looks like to love well and in humility. But we have to ask for help. We have to ask for help. We have to ask for help. I encourage you, be dependent on the Lord. Be desperate for him. We've asked and we've prayed for an impartation of desperation because we don't want to be operating these next 10 years of Project Church in the knowledge of who, how we've done relationships in the past, how we've done community, all the systems that we've put in, in place. We start depending on those things, but we have asked God to impart us with desperation so that we can do everything that you've actually called us to do so that we won't be fake healthy, but that we will be real healthy. Who wants real relationships in this place? Can I be honest with, some, with, some, with you about something? This is our favorite peanut butter in the Cole household. And this is all going back in my cupboard. 100%. Because I know that I was talking about fake healthy and sometimes there's these fake pursuits. And so I want to tell you that I don't believe that you're fake, but I want to warn you that these things that help us, community, church, people, relationships, they'll help us and they'll help us if we are a part of them to stay faithful to the Lord. I'm not saying that you're fake. Stay faithful, but don't depend on them. I, I think I've done a pretty good job raising my kids. And so for 11 years, we fed them all of this except for the Coke. We don't drink soda in our home. I'm not judging you if you do, but you know, it's not very healthy. <laughs> but this has sustained us. Be faithful with serving the Lord. But don't let that, don't let the things of community, don't let the things of coming to church become the things that sustain you. Because before you know it, you're gonna be in unhealthy relationships and you're gonna be depending on people and making them idols in your life. But we have to depend on the Lord. Let him love you. That's the answer. That's the remedy for this crisis of loneliness. And that's why so many people love the relationship series. That's why so many people come out. That's why so many people respond to when there's a relationship series because they care a lot about the relationships. But can we care more about the relationship that God has with us? And can we have a revelation of how he loves us and how he wants us to operate in the identity of being his son and daughter and loving the way Christ loved? That's the remedy to loneliness. The remedy to loneliness is more Jesus. More Jesus. Give me more of Jesus. We need more of him. Would you bow your heads in this place? I just want to quickly pray for some of you who are like, man, I have a lot of relationships that I wor was worried about, that I'm thinking about, that I'm concerned about, that I want to grow. But can I tell you right now, there's the vertical relationship with the, you have with the Lord. When you address that, it will help all the other relationships on this earth that are horizontal. But we have to first address the vertical relationship. So if you're in this room and you wanna reconnect with the Lord or you wanna have relationship with him, you wanna start this journey with him of being a person in progress and obeying him and following him and leading him, leading, being led by him, 
if you want to make him not just the savior of your life, but the, the excuse me, the savior of your soul, but the, the Lord of your life. If you want to follow him, you want to serve him, you want to make him the king of your life, you want to put him back on the, the throne of your heart. If that's you in this place, I want to pray for you. I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, if you could just lift your hand and say, I want to live for him. I want to give my life back to him. I want more of him. I want him to form my relationships, inform my relationships, heal my relationships, heal me, help me. If you want more of him, I'm going to count to three. I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you with the rest of the church. One, two, three. Would you raise your hand in this place? Hands everywhere. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, they're all over the room. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would everybody repeat after me as I pray with those? And if you raise your hand, pray this with faith in your heart and confidence that there is a holy God who is listening to you and helping you right now. So speak this with confidence and faith. Repeat after me, everyone. Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing me here today. I accept you into my life. I believe that you love me that you died for me, that you rose again so that I can have eternal life. I confess my sin. Wash those sins away. Make me clean. Make me whole. Make me pure. I want to live for you. Give me the strength to live for you for the rest of my life. I love you, Jesus. clap our hands. Can we rejoice for what God did in our hearts today? Why don't we- hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.